How do you win on social? How do you beat the algorithms and break through? How do you know what channels to be on? And how do you become the industry leader using social? In this podcast, we'll help you answer those questions. From channels to high-level strategy, we cover it. Handing you the playbook of how to win on social. Okay, Dan, it is really good to have you on the show. Um, I've been, as I told you on our prior call, I've been a really, really, really big fan um, of what you guys have been doing. Probably for the last, I mean, you've you've been doing it since, I mean, when did this all start? Like, when did when did you start creating all these shows and when did this like yeah probably about five years ago you know at this point got it just about yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean i've i've been tracking it probably for 18 months to two years now and it's just been like just the stuff that you guys produce i think it's like the industry gold standard and so um yeah it's been really good to kind of finally finally get someone from the team to talk through this journey i guess and just kind of share those share those insights um with you know with the audience so a place i want to start I think is is like let's let's take this back to kind of the beginning, right? Yeah. Before before everyone knew you as Profit Well, the company with the really cool media brand, you know, before Recur Studios and all of this. Like, where did this all where did this all start? Yeah, absolutely, and and yeah, thanks thanks for having me on. It's definitely happy to happy to be here and chat about you know what we've been, what we've done, and how we built it, and how it can be applicable to anyone listening. But yeah, no, I, like I said, it, it really goes back probably about five years. Um, mm. That's when I joined ProfitWell. At the yeah. time, we were called Price Intelligently, so it's a whole other <laughs> can of worms <laughs> whole of of, uh, yeah. <laughs> that we could go talk about. But um, yeah, so I was uh, I was the second kind of media hire. Ben Hillman was a uh, pri- here at the company prior to me by like, I don't know, six months or so, I think maybe a little bit longer. Got it. Okay. Um, and he was the first, uh, kind of video person. And, uh, when I came in, we, that's kind of just about when we started pushing to go after this sort of media strategy. And I think like Mm -hmm. getting behind, getting to like the why we started doing this. I think a lot of this was driven by Patrick Campbell, the founder um, CEO yeah. of ProfitWell, who you know was featured in a lot of our content as well, and he had done some research around that basically found that like inbound marketing as we knew it at the time, like really had become table stakes. Everyone has a good blog, you know, everyone can write a good good ebook, yeah. um, and like people are so overwhelmed with email, especially in B two B, and like you really can only email your base like once, maybe two times a week without like getting a bunch of unsubs or just pissing yeah. people off. Um, and so as we started like thinking about how can we get people to interact with us frequently? How can we get people to, how can we hold attention um, mm-hmm. and like have people interacting with our brand five times a week, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. And that got us thinking about like, what are the companies that, you know, yeah. hold the most attention and that's really media companies. Um, and so mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of where this idea of like marketing, like a media company came about and like mm-hmm. building audience over time that engages with the brand frequently versus, mm-hmm. you know, having very like offer centric marketing, which was kind of previous inbound marketing of like, you just release an ebook, have a spike of downloads, then you either release another ebook, and a spike of downloads. And this is more of a long-term play of, of, of building that audience over time. And then that gives us, 
frequent and like a lot of opportunities to monetize upon that that audience and yeah that's like some of the initial language we kind of had around this was like mm. we want to be the bloomberg of SaaS. um mm. and really i think what that was that of, sorry was 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 that like the initial goal like was it literally like we want to be the bloomberg of SaaS, or was it just like we want to build an audience we want to or is just that light on reflection now that's kind of what it's become yeah no i mean it was that's yeah. like in my interview like five wow, years ago okay. like we, that was yeah. that was the verbiage you know, patrick was using like we i mean i think we were ambitious from the start um and obviously it's been a very long and slow journey for the most part mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. it's been very much like incremental gains over the years and like a couple big jumps here and there but i yeah. think overall it was very much just a we set our kind of goal really really high and like gave ourselves a really good mission of becoming like the hub of all like if you think about subscription like growing a subscription company or subscription revenue like you think about profit well at the time right and and we want to be that brand that comes to mind um and you know since then we've built probably about 10 shows and you know hundreds and hundreds of episodes uh and you know we built built a brand that was very highly valued in the recent acquisition yeah, uh that paddle acquired profitwell and you know the kind of brand and reach that we have was a was a huge part of that for that of that deal so um yeah it's been it has been a journey um it's been a ride. <laughs> where, where where with this so so five years ago was there before you came on were you already was there already a show in place had you already started this like show strategy or was this like no your... yeah so before i started ben had been working on spinning up like uh more just you know a video frequency so basically we were producing blog posts that had a video component so um uh not necessarily tied to a series or anything like that but when i came on that's when uh ben and i worked together and we spun up uh profwell report which is our first show and then pricing page teardown which is our probably our most well-known show and also the second show we made and then from there like protect the hustle which is our interview show that's still around to this day and yeah so on and so forth and then that's when we started adding more people to the to the team yeah so with uh, i guess uh before we start jumping through the shows and we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll almost kind of tear down that process a little bit of how you've you know been able to ideate and kind of come up with come up with these different shows what made you so you said before you joined it was you know kind of just creating standalone video content why why go and create like a show why go and create this like episodic series based series based show right because i i know just because i talk to a lot of these people they <laughs> you know, creating like a, a series, a video series. I mean, there's, you know, you've got companies now that are starting to create podcasts and stuff, but like specifically yeah. like a kind of like show. Why, why that? Why not just go and create like, you know, individual videos? Why, why was it a series that you wanted to go and create? Yeah. So I think that there's a couple, I mean, there's a few different ways to look at it. Um, I think mm. there's obviously like the, the brand side of it, right. Which is, yeah it's a great opportunity to uh just like grow your brand and like brand have better brand recognition and like yeah uh, for a lot of different shows you know work on thought leadership and and whatnot right like there's there's obviously that kind of capacity of it i think like from a growth kind of perspective um i think if you compare it to maybe not one one video but like i think if you compare it to like let's say an ebook something similar which which probably costs at least 
from like our historical kind of cost of shows like it's probably similar in cost to do a season of shows versus an ebook um like you know a good good pretty lengthy ebook and i think when you look at that it's like an ebook is this one time you know spike of of downloads that you know obviously there's a long tail and there's you know you can remarket it and it's a it's a great thing to have for a company obviously but with a show it's like you know the same amount of effort and costs kind of go into maybe a little bit more effort but similar amount of costs um go into creating you know 12 episodes of something that's 12 weeks of of content that's bringing people back to your brand and um having that sort of regular um interaction and so really it's like it's no doubt like a long-term investment um i think there's there's some ways that shows can be you know have have more short-term goals um for sure and impact business outcomes but overall i think on the audience building audience front like it is it is a long-term investment like you are investing in growing um an audience uh which you know takes takes time and we just kind of were thinking that that's the way that you know marketing yep. is moving as a whole of, of mm-hmm. really needing to be just needing to innovate as an industry and and provide you know a lot more valuable content that's you know just different than what what it was before on on these on these shows because this is again it's this is something i think a lot about you know kind of the i guess like the i guess the risk in a way of like you know you create this entire show you know so you said you know 12 weeks worth of content there is an element of risk here right and i know we'll come on to kind of de-risking it for a pilot but how do you kind of in that ideation phase of like creating these shows how do you you know with the, with the kind of resources that you have the kind of limited resources that you have as a startup right how do you yeah. hit on okay this is where we need to go and direct all of our resources that we have to go and create this one show on this one topic like where does that where does that kind of come from yeah, I mean, I think that's where really the strategy comes into play. And um, mm-hmm. I think one one thing that, you know, is a really important part of the process is obviously like identifying who you're making yeah. content for and like showing, identifying your audience. And I think what can be really helpful is to, you know, create, think about the personas that you're marketing to. And, and you know, it's, this is going to vary from, from company to company, but, you know, one way that we've thought about thought about you know mapping out content is to think of like a grid with one axis being your personas and the other axis being your products or you know that's more for a multi-product company or like your personas by the by different industries whatever makes no sense like to say that basically segments your audience up out a little bit and then i think it's all about mapping content to those different specific sections because i think the more specific and niche you can get um the better i think when you're starting off like it's probably easy to it's much easier to to make a more general show but i think that's also the least that's like the furthest from being that's probably the riskiest type of show to start with at the same time right because it is something that's uh you know less tied to what your product does in some way right um mm-hmm. and i think like yeah for sure yeah and i think that yeah. the like for example the um, and a lot of people ask me the question of like, well, where do your ideas come from for, for shows? And like, like, for example, like this, this kind of exercise making the grid, uh, our show boxed out, um, came from like really just this process. We, we identified, we needed a retention show, which drives towards our retained product. And we needed that for the D to C direct to consumer audience. Um, and that was like, all right, 
let's make a retention show for DDC, you know, and then then we went to, you know, ideating and came up with Boxed Out. Was there any, um, so you come up with this concept, right, by kind of doing this grid, was there any way that you kind of like tested that with, you know, did you almost like go to customers and say, hey, we've got this idea, we've got this concept, like, is this something that, is was was there any way that you kind of pre-tested it, is I guess what I'm getting at? Or was it just a case of doing the pilot and just seeing how people react to it? Yeah, we, we haven't done like audience testing that early mm-hmm. on ever. Um, yeah. I definitely don't like not recommend doing that. I think that could be mm-hmm. really interesting. I think like one of the, but one of the tricky things that we're coming up against as an industry, I think when, when thinking about this kind of content is that yeah. it's still very novel. Like this idea yeah. of like what a show from a tech company is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so 100%. like there's, on one hand, like, yeah, you probably could find something useful with some surveys or some, like, qualitative just, like, email campaign to get some feedback, like, but yeah. also, like, people just aren't, don't necessarily, like, n- like, know what to expect, right? <laughs> right? And, yeah. and so, like, I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. it can be tricky, especially if it is, like, the first show that you're making and, like, your brand. I mean, I assume if someone's going, you know, going into yeah start a show they likely already have some good content outside of that that's you know not a show so i think like hopefully they already have some audience of people that expect at least like good content from their brand right yeah they have an idea of for sure but if you're coming from like zero meaning like you just have like a newsletter that you know that's it like you're gonna like it's going to it's going to be like it's gonna take some time um it is you know it is a bet for sure so I, I guess then talk talk us through. So with your first, let's take like um, pricing page teardown because I think that's what you guys are probably most most known for. Um, at least kind of in the past, you know, that's the show that just always stands out to me. How did that? How did that show come about? And what I'd be really keen to know is how did you know that it was working? So like in those early days, you know, the first few episodes, like what gave you the signal that yeah, this people like this, they enjoy this content. Yeah um so i mean that that's an example of a show that probably did not come from a like business first i like idea ideation like the what i was talking about before but more so like the idea came first for like the concept really like that ended up being the concept like let's let's tear down pricing pages right um because actually sorry uh, we, we actually had a blog post and this is maybe actually a good takeaway for people listening. Yeah. We had a blog post that was like worst pricing pages of the year or something. Um, I forget exactly what it was, but it was like one of our most successful blog posts. And that's kind of where this idea of like, like what, like what, what would it look like to make a show kind of out of this? Like people are clearly gravitated to seeing like bad examples and learning from that, you know, seeing and, 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 the, the, probably the name dropping is there's something there was something there right and so that's kind of where we picked up on and um made it into a, a show format and i think like we the the early kind of signs of success i think a lot of a lot of i think especially as you're getting started like i don't think quantitative data is going to be like the biggest measure at the beginning but i think qualitatively like we just the feed, like because we we did do some initial feedback for for, yeah. for shows like back then especially um and we got really positive feedback like just over email right we got a lot of like people following up with questions about the show you know to patrick directly um yeah. we got 
you know, f- even within the first season, like we had some initial like call. And I guess for for people who don't know the show, it's a pretty simple concept. It is just tearing down like the pricing page, but also like the overall monetization strategy of a com- of a particular company or two competitors or like a versus kind of episode. And you know, oftentimes we seed that list with prospects of ours. Um, and so there's there's been and especially to date, there's been a, a number of times where that that episode going out publicly alone, like, you know, got a conversation started with that with that company, with them being like, Oh, it's either like, Oh, that's interesting, or like cease and desist. <laughs> <You know? Which laughs> yeah. That has only happened. Have you, once. have you have you have you had any negative feedback from these teardowns? I was, I was you know, has no, that, that happened before? No, I think that the big the thing that we've had the that's happened a few times which is a total champagne problem is because we i mean we'll get into this later on but like we've you know produce seasonally and actually for price and Mage most most of the time we produce two seasons at a time so like yeah upwards of 20 episodes yeah uh, and there's been a couple of times where like you know a company kind of entered the funnel and like yeah. we're like oh we can't do an episode on them now like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you can't yeah, we, we had the yeah. we had the polos episodes or or yeah, even yeah, like yeah. There's yeah. one time where a company like completely changed its pricing, you know, like uh, yeah, okay, released okay. it and we, we had to pull it, right? Um, yeah. But that was, you know, very much a champagne problem. I guess, and this is, it slightly ties into, I guess, like the format. So again, sticking on like pricing page teardown, having watched a few of the videos and having watched, you know, the different shows, the general quality, and I know it's different for some of like the podcasts and content that you guys release, but the, the overall quality of it feels really strong right the the editing and like so how do you how do you decide and this is just across the board for all of your shows how do you decide how much quality to like give give to one specific show versus another right because you've got multiple shows or even just you know you imagine a company's a company's launching a show what what's like the I guess like almost like the framework for saying, okay, for this thing, it doesn't really need to be that high quality versus this thing it does. What's that like exercise that you guys run? Yeah, totally. That's a great question. Um, I, I think that we kind of d- divided shows into two two buckets. One being um, what we call kind of upscale shows, which are those shows like Pricing Page Teardown, Boxed yeah. Out, that mm-hmm. you know have a noticeable, uh, yeah, you know, quality difference, right? Um, and the other category was spread shows, which um, for us really um, is mostly our podcasts that are that have become podcast only. Okay. Like Protect the Hustle was a video show at one point, but we is moved yeah. to full full audio. And I think another capacity of those shows, and they're often interview shows, is that they're very much like focused on spread on on social. Just know, getting general by, attention. Yeah, general yeah, attention yeah, yeah. on social, and you know, yeah. but like the concept, like the the formats, like that's kind of baked into the formats. Like with mm-hmm. an interview show, it's like you're tagging that person, you're asking them yeah. to share. You know, yeah, you're yeah. you're therefore getting into you know, mm-hmm. you're hopefully getting it in front of more more and more people, and and so yeah, and it's also like our easiest to produce, and yeah, like mm-hmm. where we you know we're not going for like. 11 out of 10 you know quality on those those shows yeah, even though yeah, like yeah. you know yeah. ben uh, ben hillman who's, who still works at the company like 
does an amazing job on all of our all of the spread shows. He's kind of on those. Um, over I saw. The I saw years. As, as a as a complete side note, I saw the uh, trailer for the new Protect, Protect the Horse. I thought it was really cool. It yeah, really it's good. great. Yeah, Ben Ben did that all on his yeah. all on his lonesome, um, and it's really, really <laughs> good. Um, and yeah, so like he has that like outsourced to to a T. You know, like he barely does anything on on those. You know, and so he can focus on you know other things are producing yeah like a cool trailer for a new season but like yeah isn't spending a whole ton of time like on each episode um yeah which is good whereas you know for um the, the upscale shows you know we spend a lot more time per episode um on the episodes yeah got it so it's, i guess it's like a bit of a mental framework for this it's like the shows that are more just uh more top of the funnel where you're just it's kind of the, the the content that you're actually talking about is just broader you spend less time on that whereas when it's a more i guess product specific linked show then it's you're, you're you're putting more like resources per episode into it yeah and that's i haven't like thought about it exactly like that but that's also yeah. exactly how it is um yeah okay <laughs> which yeah, is, yeah, yeah which is interesting yeah no and i totally like i mean what i was describing is like how we've done it right but like not everyone's yeah. going out to make of a, course a media course. network be the bloomberg yeah, of yeah. Their, their industry yeah, which yeah, i yeah. totally understand so like if you know mm-hmm. people are thinking of uh mm-hmm. you know actually if the company is thinking about making their first show and they're questioning yeah like how much to put into mm-hmm. it i think like that really yeah it comes down to a lot of different different things it obviously depends mm-hmm. on like the, the culture within that that company i think it depends on whether they have whether they're investing in in-house creative as well um, mm-hmm. I think like I think there's probably a lot of people listening or just mm-hmm. in the industry in general that are more marketers that are like tasked with you know making content and mm-hmm. they don't have like they maybe have a designer at their company right or something mm-hmm. but they don't have no. like a vi- like a video person or a produ- like a producer. Um, a few yeah a, f- a few things there. So a on that point of you know not everyone's going to kind of you know want to become a media network and do you do you think everyone should be trying to perhaps not maybe build like a media network but should everyone be trying to kind of embrace this and there's like a million different names for this now but like a media company a media brand do you think everyone should be trying to adopt this like i'm gonna i'm just gonna call it like new media approach or or does it not make sense for certain for certain brands and companies do you think yeah, I. Uh, that's a great question. I mean, my my initial gut is like, yeah, for sure. And I'm just like, I'm trying to devil's advocate myself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and think about like why. And that might be answer, and that's fine. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that is, I think that is my answer, or at least you know, part, yeah. pieces of it. You know, like I think it's mm-hmm. worth. I mean, I think like it's still worth like the strategy. Your overall like marketing yeah. strategy should should be a more of a portfolio approach you know anyways and so like yeah like like that grid i talked about like those don't need to all be shows filling that out like it could just be like you have an ebook for one of those you know that's really good right and that's that's how you hit that per, that persona really well you know and like mm-hmm. the shows come in i think i think like in general this form of content is absolutely a great tool um a great you know form of marketing to use yeah um and i think that yeah like most if not all companies could benefit from you know uh-huh. some capacity of this new kind of wave of, of media agreed I, I then second point would be because you said the in-house creative point you know not everyone has that like in-house video you know talent like do you do you think this talent has to be in-house do you do, do you think it's something that you can 
that you can kind of push to an agency, push to someone, or do you think you, it has to be done internally? So I, I, you know, I'm biased, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I'm sure you are a little bit too. Like I, mm-hmm. I do think that there's tremendous value into doing this in-house because ultimately like an in-house team will know your product like just so much more closely and know understand the overall like business so much more than um an agency and and i think it's just like they're also closer to the people at the company you know and like for example like we've you know we're probably a bit of we were a bit of a unique situation but like you know Uh the amount of close time we had with like you know patrick and other like people like at the like was a lot like it wouldn't i don't we wouldn't have been able to do what we did without you know just getting our hands dirty and doing it ourselves for a lot of it right and and i think like i think there's absolutely value to utilizing agencies um but i think like in that I, i still think it's worth growing your like the creative the, the like bare bones like what's needed for a creative team like i think at least expands by like one role like it's not yeah, yeah. so so that you can have yeah. like at least a producer type creative mm-hmm. who yeah. you know can be the one managing those that outsourced um show and i think cuz i think yeah like i i think that it's it's actually you can get a lot better business outcomes by having an in-house team cuz i think like the alternative is something more like you know what Mailchimp did, which is like they just like you know went out and hired like Netflix level directors and producers, right, to make a bunch of content. Um, uh for this, yeah, for their little media, yeah, yeah, for yeah, their yeah. right, which is you know I'm yeah. I'm curious to know how like that successful it has been because yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. like, like I it's because like none of the none of the shows really tie to Mailchimp's products, you know, very, yeah. very closely. Some of it's very yeah. top of funnel, right. Very, very yeah. Um, yeah. which is you know interesting but mm-hmm. i think like with an in-house team you can accomplish like a lot more for less too because um, like an agency is going to be really really expensive you know yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know or you could try to piecemeal freelancers potentially and again like you're going to need someone in-house who knows what they're doing to do that even yeah. um, and so yeah. it's it's something Agreed. that i think it's it's a it's a worthwhile investment mm-hmm. for sure yeah i mean i'm I, so I, where, where i sort of it is i think it's good to i think you need that talent internally to like lead it i just i, I think if you try and push it which is you get a lot of like podcast agencies that i think do this and i think if you just completely push it to this agency over here that's when you get that like generic very generic show that doesn't yeah. really hit doesn't resonate yeah um the classic you know talking one-on-one interview shows but i think once you've got the initial framework in place then pushing it away to like an editing team to edit the content just to do yeah. that like weekly once you've got the once you've got the structure in place totally. i think that makes sense to push it yeah away. and that's and that's absolutely how we i mean when we get more into the weeds i think we'll all, yeah I'll, I'll expand on it but yeah that's absolutely our approach like the show producers at the company like they are spending their time on the upfront on the creative and creating you know one really good episode and like a, a solid template for that and then like yeah. the bulk of most of our shows if not all of them like is is outsourced um the editing of them is is outsourced you know to varying degrees like you know with protect the hustle it's like completely outsourced with uh, pricing based chair down it's still like mostly outsourced um and you know that's because we took the upfront you know creative work and then you know the show producer kind of becomes more of a 
project manager for the for the project while you know maintaining you know being creative on a, on a, on a new project basically it allows you to scale i think your output a lot in terms of in terms of like scaling these shows right in terms of like the the distribution and how you've managed to get the word out about about each of these different shows that you run how have you how have you kind of yeah how have you scaled that is this been like a, a, a social play for you guys is it like come from an email list what what is what does that look like yeah i mean i think email is the biggest component for us you know mainly because that's ultimately our goal with these shows like is to get email addresses right um so that you know they can actually be in our in, in the funnel um and you know can be uh you know treated properly but you know marketed to for other things as well but yeah i mean we you know Profitwell, you know had a, had a pretty big overall blog list and it kind of was just a game at the beginning of like just getting people from that list to subscribe specifically to um, the different shows and that's also like taking a step back to what i said at the beginning of like you know b2b companies can only email people like once a week without annoying them when you have people like opting in to the content they want like that's when you can start to get people being subscribed to like four different shows and they're getting it four times a week you know plus maybe another email as well like that's when you can start to get interesting but i think the biggest some of the biggest like sources of growth that we've had in terms of like subscribers yeah obviously social is is a big big element we've always done some sort of social strategy um but in terms of email it's been you know growing the lists and then when we had multiple shows it's been like cross like promoting shows to other show lists right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and yeah but i think like we've probably seen the most growth from social um and then like email is where we you know where we're sending the most episodes as well you know that's where most people are consuming the content is through through email um and so we you know we spent a lot of time there as well on the on the kind of launch strategy of these shows and it kind of ties into ties into uh, promotion and distribution you guys always seem to create really 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 cool trailers and you you seem to put a lot of time into yeah either whether it's a season relaunch or like the initial launch there always does seem to be a lot of like cool creative stuff that happens there i guess a why 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 should you spend so for for someone else launching a show or just you know you guys yourself like why why is that trailer launch so important for you guys and why why does a lot of creative time go there yeah i, I mean i think we had a there's one really clear example that we had mm-hmm. um with, with one of our shows where we um a lot of times when we do a more kind of creative trailer yeah. or promotional piece of content like we'll also have like a very traditional one that's like this is this show and it does this you yeah, know and it's yeah, very yeah. straightforward yeah um and just and we've done it a couple of times where we've done that and just consistently even on paid ads um the more creative ad like outperformed like tremendously um like so much more than the standard like boilerplate ad um and so you know we've had some quantitative you know kind of evidence there of like to continue doing that but also i mean like just looking at social engagement um alone i think it's just like a really good way to build hype around around a show and to get people to you know interact with that one post and then you know ideally go and subscribe for the show or at least you know 
know mm-hmm. about the show and then you know the following week or the next week after that they're going to see a clip that might also be cool or interesting to them from mm-hmm. that show and like just more just more and more you know death by paper cuts to like get people to <laughs> see that content um yeah and eventually if they are interested in it you know mm-hmm. go and watch it on, on the website and subscribe to it yeah yeah i know because i mean so, some of them have been like i think it was the you did one where it was like a was it a I want to say it was like a almost like a zombie apocalypse type type. Threat. I might be completely off there. Yeah, no, was, no, you. Yeah, it yeah. was like a hot uh, the for a retention talk. Yes, guess. retention talk. Yes, because uh, that I, I think that that did really well on social, right? Because I, I it initially did. saw it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah. That was also Ben Ben Hillman, which is like is also I think looking at that as an example as well as protect the hustle. It's like those are their podcasts, right? Like there's not going to be a whole lot of visually interesting things coming from. Um, mm-hmm. either of those shows given the nature of type of content right you know yeah. we, we do social clips for for both of them um and you know there's yeah. always you know room to improve those but like mm-hmm. i think it's like a great opportunity to put like some creative to like mm-hmm. expand like what the show is even like it's more than just a podcast like it's like these bigger ideas you know and like i think if that's where um these these trailers can help you know like emphasize uh, that emphasize those points and like it is a great flex and show of like production quality as well yeah. right like i yeah. think if someone sees a, a trailer they're like that was a good trailer like they're gonna I be like that, i bet the show is yeah. i bet the show is good too right yeah, <laughs> um, yeah even yeah, if it is yeah. just a podcast they're going to to listen to like even more mm. than, even more so maybe they're they're, they're interested in, in checking it out mm. um if like they're you know if they were to make a trailer like that then like what are they doing mm. with, with audio one thing I have noticed just 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 before we switch is all of these shows that they're, they're hosted on Wistia, right? So they're on your website. I think it's through through Wistia, if I've got that correct. Mm-hmm. How, how come you guys have 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 done that versus kind of hosting the content on, say, YouTube, like you know the long form shows? Yeah, because to me, and this is just just an observation from my side are you not missing out on like a lot and growing that channel on YouTube versus just talk me through that kind of. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's a great, it's a great point and probably point of contention even um, <laughs> <laughs> over, over the years. Uh, it's so it, it's, it's a difficult thing because you really like in B2B, especially like, you know, obviously you want to like have, the goal is to collect the collect emails right and sub yeah. like the goal is to you know uh be top of funnel move people to middle of funnel etc right um mm-hmm. and there's often you know we want to have business outcomes from the content we create and i think doing that on youtube is you know obviously more difficult and hard to to measure i think like you know when you it's like when you look at some successful youtube channels it's like their main monetization is on youtube like it's their youtube videos you know are making them money and like that's how they continue to make videos right it's different for 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 you know b2b companies because the way they monetize is off platform um and so it's this kind of like push pull of like yeah building an audience obviously on youtube like would would be good right but then also like you want kind of more control uh as well and so we've kind of you know, we've put a lot of our full episodes on, on YouTube um, at times. And sometimes it's like, like for example, like Pricing Page Teardown is probably our most viewed show on YouTube. But the, the comment sections on, <laughs> are, are so interesting because mm. like 90 something percent of the comments are like people like just being like, I like Duolingo. 
<laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like yeah. no, yeah, Duolingo is yeah, yeah. way better. You know, or, yeah. or like it's people like yeah. I, I'm like, did you did you actually like enjoy watching this? Like, <laughs> yeah. like this isn't about yeah. like the difference between the products. You know, like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's yeah. it's super interesting. So it's like you know, obviously a lot of those views are probably not valuable at all <laughs> to um or, yeah. or that or that engagement even. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like it's, I think the the, the right way to do it is to think about youtube just as another social channel mm-hmm. probably like similar mm-hmm. to you know we the way we want to continue approaching twitter and linkedin is you know to make you know content that can keep people on platform as well right like the, the goal isn't to push people off platform to to watch the full episode right it's just to make social first content right and i think like youtube's probably similar where like some content like should just live on youtube um mm-hmm. and we, we have a show coming out um at the end of this month that any leaks will it's a cool show it's another ben hillman special um but not a podcast now it's a video show um it's called verticals and it's this pretty cool show looking at the history um behind different verticals and industries and and sas and like Mm -hmm. who who's like the contender who's the you know the company that mixed things up and like looking at like you know if if there were to be a hall of fame for SaaS, like what are the companies that'd be in it and like what are those stories mm-hmm. um and you know, how do they like win in their vertical or how are they known in their vertical and um so it's a it's a pretty cool show i think mm-hmm. um i think people will like it and it's very much top of funnel uh it's and th- therefore like it's going to live on youtube um right, okay. primarily yeah. and uh yeah. yeah so it's kind of just filling out where like we're ready to invest in that more top of the funnel content. And that's where like, yeah, it makes sense for it to go on YouTube. You know, we will build an email list for it as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, yeah. part of what we want to, what we want to well, we offer content, like where people, we want to have options for people because we want people to consume it where they want to consume it. Right. And I yeah. think that's where like, you know, a lot of people just read our emails for our shows, you know, because we spend a lot of time, pulling out the like actionable takeaways and are in formatting like a good a good email for the episode um and so some people just you know read read the emails that's how they consume the shows um and so we'll we'll likely still have you know some email capacity for the show but that it's going to live primarily on on youtube got it okay i think what one 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 just one piece quickly that you guys have ref- like so you're i don't know how often you're coming up with new shows but it seems it feels like you know, every maybe, and this could be completely way off it. Every like six to twelve months, there's like a new, there's a new format, there's a new show that you're that you're like bringing to market. Why, why not just kind of, I guess, grow one or two formats? Like, why, why have you kind of decided to go and pick, you know, ten different shows and try and grow kind of all of them? You know, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it's a good, it's a good point. I think that. For us, like it goes back to that grid, um, and I think with you know with Profwell's situation in particular, like us being to serve like really any subscription company, but like obviously yeah. specific um, verticals that we're you know interested in marketing to, um, there was just some gaps to fill, right, with other shows and other like that other audiences that we wanted to reach, you know. So that's like some one reason for the for the kind of expansion of content. Um, yeah. and I think also like we've, you know, done that as well, like with, with some of our shows, like protect the hustle is our longest running show, um, by far and Pr- price and page teardown. We are also actually in the currently producing more of seasons seven and eight, 
um, of, of that show. And so, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of like, obviously, like, I think it's important if you find like, if your first show, you know, becomes a show that people are really enjoying, like, yeah, keep, keep producing it for sure. And, and yeah. grow that audience. And I think like, yeah. um, for us, like there's just so many different types of value we want to like deliver that like we just can't like that it has to be segmented like you know we have a pricing product with price intelligently and pricing to share as a perfect show that like exemplifies that value uh whereas you know with retain our retention product like we need we wanted a show for that as well you know because it's, it's completely different you know information and value that a di- completely different audience you know um and so yeah for that's probably been the main reason for us and then also like yeah, there's just been some. It's, it's good to experiment as well, right? Um, yeah. L- like, not every show is is probably going to be a mm-hmm. pit success for everyone, you know. Like, yeah, of I, course. I think it's yeah. Just like any piece of content, you know, you do run the risk of it. Yeah, it, it doing fine, but not like should we keep making the, this? I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you have you like have you cut a show a few episodes in? Have you have you gone? You know, this this isn't working. <laughs> You know, if, is, yeah. if, if you if you if you cut shows before or does that happen? We haven't. So no, we haven't um, cut a show like like mid season or anything like that. We've definitely discontinued some shows, like Profitable Report, which was our first show, um, which was an interesting show. It was it was it was a very good show for getting people who were already subscribed to another show to subscribe to. Um, but okay. it was also a very hard show to market because it was very general. It was like a very gen, like it was like data, yeah, like just like benchmarks and data for for SaaS or, or like subscriptions yeah. in general. Like, yeah, and so yeah, it was yeah. just like random things every week, and so it was hard to market and grow the audience. But it was a great like show for people already in the network, and so we kind of decided just to stop producing that one. And similarly, we did we did a daily show, uh, daily news show for a while which was a lot of work. Um, yeah. Definitely had like an audience that was like really enjoyed it and appreciated it. Um, but for the input, it was, yeah. For the input, it was not like yeah. we, we actually, it was like, it was like a slow, slow kill because like we, mm. you know, transitioned from like it was, the host was like filming video every day to like host doing a voiceover every day with like graphics and then to like yeah. just podcast only. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. we, we changed the format change each of those times a little bit. Um, but at, at the end of the day, like it just, it was a lot of resources going into it. And like, we, d- we just don't think we were delivering that value. Like for what it was. Way. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that yeah. like eventually like you'll you'll see a, a new show again from us for sure i think like it just makes sense with what we're trying to do like you want to be you know just like we want to you know we want to tell history we want to also like break news and stuff like that if we're going to really be like the center of you know sass so yeah um, certainly type of content that we'll come back to but yeah so that's been the, been the main decisions for canceling shows have been more so like internal prioritization um and like yeah sometimes just it being too much effort to continue and not not enough results <laughs> any any just like and this is just more on a, on a final on a final closing question just because i know you'll you'll be heavily you know i'm sure you watch a lot of content yourself like i do are there any just like interesting formats and there might not be but just any interesting formats that you've seen you know from in the in the direct consumer world just on youtube that you think 
you've maybe seen a B2B company before that actually they could do that or you've, you've thought about it for yourselves? Like, are there just any general formats that you've seen that, that you, that you like that could be transitioned to a, to a B2B company? I mean, my like kind of even mm-hmm. sticking on the, the teardown front, like my head goes to, um, there's this channel called corridor crew that it's kind of like a creative agency that has a, uh, YouTube okay. channel. Um, yeah. like they're, they they do produce work, but a lot of their work is for the channel as well, right? They're just it's it's very much geared towards creatives and video people, three D animators. But they have this long standing series that they've um, innovated on a couple different times of like a React series. Um, but it's been it's been interesting because they've like it's it's the people that like you know as a uh, the audience members know like the people who are on the channel, but then they also bring in like an expert from that. So for example, they do. Yeah. Like, vfx artists react to um like the new cgi in some blockbuster in some movie film. yeah right yeah, and yeah. then like bring in like someone who you know either worked on that film or like worked just is, is skilled and they break down frame by frame some different things and stuff like that and so i think like just another example just like every company has some sort of tear down react tear reaction yeah, reaction style. content that that can be made and like there's a lot of different ways to do it you know like those ones are you know super entertaining um you know price page shared on less so entertaining but still provides entertaining through like entertainment through the hosts and you know some of the banter right yeah no that makes sense awesome well i think look we've 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 covered a lot in the last almost hour so um i think we'll i think we'll leave it there and look i massively massively appreciate uh you coming onto the show because that was um i think that was a gold mine of how to start a show as a b2b company so i, I do i do really appreciate you coming on yeah absolutely no thanks for having me it was fun always fun to chat about this likewise awesome